myself but do you guys remember cop blocking i don't know if that's even a thing anymore or something that people say anymore or if it went the way of like daddy or something like that i mean the reason i bring that up you have to bear with me for a minute here but um just looking at all the seemingly hopeful treatment options for covid from steroids which has a long long history so long, in fact, that I'll have to get further into that subject on another episode, but a long history, nonetheless, of being a great hope and a savior for so many different types of diseases. So many, in fact, that it would be a gargantuan task to try to research them all and list them all, something I'll undoubtedly try to do in the future. <laughs> in COVID-19, just like with SARS and MERS, steroids once again took its shot at the proverbial plate in both China and in Japan. And just as it was with bacterial sepsis here in the U.S. and U.K. in the early 2000s, steroids, they struck out again, leading again to worse outcomes than those patients who got a placebo, meaning that getting nothing outperformed getting steroids in the case of patients who have COVID, SARS, and MERS. See, the thing is, just like Plaquenil and Azithromycin, which I'll get into that later, steroids are not an antiviral. Using steroids or Plaquenil for COVID is like using a smoke extractor for a house fire and saying, the hell with the fire. Let's just suck out all the smoke and everything will be okay. Azithromycin isn't an antiviral or an anti-inflammatory. So I don't even know how it got into the conversation of being a potential treatment regimen for COVID-19. Plaquenil is used as both an anti-malarial drug and an anti-inflammatory agent in lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. The thing is, the actual mechanism of action for an anti-inflammatory is not even completely understood when it comes to Plaquenil. That means we don't even know how it works. The most promising treatment is the most logical and the most sensible from a scientific merit standpoint. It's remdesivir. And this is not an ad. The mechanism of action for remdesivir is well understood. And it was actually developed to do exactly what it does, which is inhibit viral replication by stopping RNA synthesis inside the cell nucleus. See, the way viruses work, a virus interacts with a cellular membrane, the outside coating of the cell, via a cellular receptor. It's like a lock, key, and a doorknob of a cell. If the key fits the lock, it turns the lock, and it can open the door and come in the cell. The types of receptors the cellular receptors that a specific virus binds to determines what kind of cells that virus can enter and subsequently what type of symptoms you get from a viral infection. That's why some viruses tend to cause more upper respiratory symptoms like rhinoviruses and other viruses, which tend to cause more nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea like Norwalk virus and enteroviruses. They're more prone to enter cells in the GI tract, 
like the small intestines or the colon. In the case of SARS, MERS, and COVID-19, which tend to bind to the type of receptors that are more prevalent in the lower respiratory tract, like the lungs, they tend to cause severe respiratory symptoms like coughing, shortness of breath, and in the worst case, ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome. This basically means that your lungs get shredded from overwhelming inflammation to the point where they're unable to transmit oxygen from the air through the lungs and into your bloodstream and eventually bind to hemoglobin in your red blood cells, which is where you need the oxygen to, to be in order to be transported to the rest of your body to use for cellular metabolism. Essentially, what this means is that if your lungs are not working, you can't live. We'll have to tackle the basics of cellular metabolism further in another episode. Well, after interacting with the receptors on the cellular membrane, the viruses can enter into the cell, invade into the cell, like Luke Skywalker and the rebels invading into the Death Star, and use the viral strand of RNA to fool the cell nucleus into replicating the viral genetic code plus the proteins needed to synthesize the virus. It's like hijacking or a stick up. I used to be a stick up kid. I mean, when you think about it, it's so messed up. How are you going to come in somebody else's house and then force them to make more of you? You, the criminal. I mean, you don't even belong here. You broke into my house with a counterfeit key. And now, now you're going to make me make more of you? More of you to go out and break into other people's homes and do the same thing to other cells? It's basically like in the movies when the bad guy makes someone dig their own grave. The virus is the bad guy and you, you're like the dude. You're like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't dig your own grave. Well, what remdesivir does is it basically cot blocks the whole replication process. It's like a roadblock to the replication process so the virus can't replicate itself thereby stopping the viral process at the heart of the whole operation. It's like putting a monkey wrench right in the gear that's essential for the whole RNA replication process. The virus can't replicate itself. This is just a more sensible and scientifically sound method of treating a viral epidemic. It just makes sense. Now let's talk a little bit about how viruses were even discovered. It all started with a plant-based disease called tobacco mosaic disease that scientists discovered could be passed from one tobacco plant to another in the late 1800s. The fact that scientists were even studying this, a tobacco-based plant disease, says a lot about the priorities of the scientific community at the time. I mean, there was still the flu, which didn't have a vaccine, or penicillin wasn't even invented yet, but... But scientists were figuring out what was going on with that tobacco plant. Dmitry Ivanovsky showed with filtration experiments that the pathogen cause of tobacco mosaic disease was smaller than any known bacteria and found to be too small to be visible with a microscope. He concluded that it was some sort of liquefied pathogen, quote unquote, and he just left it at that. It wasn't until the invention of the electron microscope in the 1930s that viruses could be definitively discovered and described in their elegant simplicity. Neither alive nor not alive. A single strand of RNA with a protein shell. Simplicity. 
evil simplicity. 